But if I had to guess, all of us gathered around Mervyn and his family today would say, we love you and we're here for you. As far as Mervyn and his family, I'm sure they would want to let you know how grateful they are for your presence here today. They'd say, thank you for being here. We feel your prayers and your love. This is a somber time to grieve a significant loss. But this is also a time to remember and celebrate the life of Geneva Byler. As we think back on her life, we can be encouraged by her vibrant and courageous faith in Jesus Christ. As I read the following words, allow yourself the space to grieve and to enter into the pain. But also recognize that for Geneva, this is not the end. But this is a continuation of a glorious eternity with her Savior, Jesus Christ. Geneva E. Byler, at age 29, of New Holland, passed away at the Lancaster General Hospital on Tuesday, January 5th, 2016, and now resides with the Lord in heaven. She was the wife of Mervyn L. Byler, with whom she celebrated six years of marriage in September. She was born in Lancaster on July 11th, 1986. The daughter of late Michael J. Umberger and Brenda Berkey Umberger, wife of Joseph Stephan of New Holland. She was a member of Grace Point Church of Paradise. She graduated from Garden Spot High School, class of 2005, and then the Bradley Academy of Visual Arts. She was last employed by Lehman Interiors of Paradise and worked previously for various furniture and cabinetry businesses. She and her mother enjoyed sewing and attending craft shows together. She loved her family and friends and enjoyed going to the mountains. Words cannot express how much she will be missed. Besides her husband, mother, and stepfather, she is survived by a daughter, Haley, and a newborn son, Brantley, and four siblings, Scott, Valerie, and Nathan Stephan, and Rebecca Book. Let's take a few moments to be silent. Join our hearts in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the blessing of Geneva. Thank you for blessing us greatly through her life. Thank you for the picture of faith and love and joy and hope she gave to all of us. Lord, we are painfully aware of how desperately we need you in this moment. And we thank you for being our shepherd and our guide as we walk through this valley together. 
In the midst of pain, anger, confusion, and moments of numbness, we ask, rather we beg you to offer your comfort and peace to us all. Wrap your arms around us and hold us up in this time that we can't seem to hold ourselves up. Lord, lead us through this fog. Father, we lift up to you now Mervyn, Haley, Brantley, and family as we mourn Geneva's passing and celebrate her vibrant and spirit-filled life. Thank you for the blessing of her life. Thank you for the eternal hope we find in you. In Jesus, amen. Would you take your gray hymnals, please, and turn to number 493. Number 493.
Number 542, 542.
Thank you to Joel and Alicia. Took a lot of courage. A lot of love in that song. My deepest sympathies, Mervyn. Family. Joe and Brenda. Sisters, brothers, aunts and uncles. We love you. I got the call on Tuesday morning. I was at a breakfast meeting. Felt the uh, the shock, as you experienced when you heard, as well. Stunned, disoriented, at a loss for words. I couldn't believe it. Pastor Kevin and I made our way into Lancaster General visit with Merv. You may or may not know, but Mervyn told me there that just minutes before Geneva went unconscious for the last time, she asked the nurses if she could remove the oxygen mask, called Mervyn over, said, I love you, gave him a kiss. And then five minutes later, she began into her final episode of unconsciousness. Through it all, through this week, I've seen a lot. I've seen the faith of this young man, Mervyn. Even there that morning, he said to me, Tim, God's timing is not our timing. His ways are not our ways. I would tell you that Mervyn has a strong belief in the sovereignty of God. I'll tell you that his confidence in God's sovereignty is real. Even as news about Brantley was broken to Mervyn, his belief in God's sovereignty didn't waver. You know this if you talk to him at all, he has hope. I will tell you this, don't get in the way of that. It's dangerous. I was talking to Mervyn two days ago and I said, Mervyn, how you doing? All right, said, tell me the truth. Well, I feel like punching a doctor. <laughs> said, well, Mervyn, we have enough to deal with this week. Let's maybe not do that. The reason is he felt like the doctor was taking away some of his hope. His hope is strong. It's real. I've seen your response this week, members of our community, members of Grace Point Church, small group, family, friends, rally around and support and care in such a profound way. Many of you saying, it's just the little thing that I'm doing, but as we know, it's the little things that add up to the big things. For me, I can resonate with the psalmist this week when he said, my tears have been my food day and night. I'm sure I've cried every day this week, my emotions ranging throughout the vast expanse of all possible reactions. And rarely knowing where to land, it's been hard for me, as I'm sure it has been for you, to gain traction, to gain footing. So many questions, and so much sorrow. Where is hope in the middle of it all? Where's the kind of hope 
that Geneva had? Where's the kind of hope that she had in her Savior? This morning I want to take you to the life of Jesus and really just share one idea with you from his life and ministry. This Jesus that Geneva believed in as her Savior did many amazing things, performed many miracles, healed many, cared for many, turned the political and religious system of his day on its head. But of all the things that he did, there's one simple story that illustrates a very, I think, profound point that I'd like to share with you this morning. The setting for the story is the Sea of Galilee in northern Israel, a small sea only 13 miles long and seven and a half miles at its widest point. The Sea of Galilee is and has been a center of um, commerce for those who live around it, a place of business for the fishermen, a central hub of activity for pleasure, for enjoyment of the Sea of Galilee. Trouble with the Sea of Galilee is that it sits about 680 feet below sea level and it is surrounded by mountains and hills. Mount Hermon is just up to the north and the cold winds from Mount Hermon that come rushing over it and descend down the gradient toward the Sea of Galilee meet the warm air coming off the Mediterranean Sea. And in that creates a place where storms come quickly unexpectedly, even in a short trip across a small, what we might call, lake. It's on that lake where the disciples got into the boat with Jesus in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, and we read the story in Mark's gospel. He wrote this, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side, the seemingly small journey, leaving the crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? You still have no faith. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, the disciples doing nothing wrong, got into the boat, going about their business with Jesus. And who is Jesus? Christians believe he's God in flesh, God incarnate, the God of the universe, took on flesh and is in the boat with the disciples. And they begin to row out onto the Sea of Galilee to go to the other side. And all of a sudden, the winds come down from Mount Hermon and the meet the warm air off the Mediterranean Sea. And there's a storm. 
and so significant that it nearly swamps the boat and the disciples are terrified. And here's the point. Just because God is in your boat doesn't mean the sudden storms won't come. Just because God is with you doesn't mean the storms are not going to hit. And hit they did for the disciples. And fear was profound. They were very afraid. What's their future going to hold? Are they going to make it? Does he not care? Do we have the resources to get through this? What about the children? What about their future? The fear is real because storms bring fear. They do. The storms send the message, fear sends the message that you've got to take over. It's out of control. You've got to do something. Faith realizes this, God is still in the boat, in the middle of the storm. Storms not only bring fear, they bring questions about God's character. Is he good? Does he care? The disciples ask that question. He's sleeping. Does he not care? If we drown. I've asked those questions this week. Is he good? Is he indifferent? Is he asleep? I get it. Through your tears, I'm sure you've asked the same thing. If you haven't, you should. I believe God is big enough to handle any question you can ask him. Ask it. Push on him. Storms cause you to take stock. They force the questions and please ask them. Either your God is real or he's not. And if he is, he can handle it. Ask him. Push on him. Are you asleep in this storm? Storms force us to ask one big question. Who am I going to trust? Who am I going to trust? For the disciples, Jesus was right there, sleeping. I will tell you that the worst thing they could have done was gone over to him and said, you have caused this, I'm going to throw you overboard. It wouldn't have ended well. It might have resolved some of their anger, but it wouldn't have helped them deal with the storm. Their row across the Sea of Galilee reminds us that God is present even in our deepest struggles. And it's in the midst of these that we find him. Now let me be honest with where we're at for a minute, if I can. Let me be honest. We miss Geneva. We love her. She was a creative, life-giving friend and wife, beautiful young woman. Many of you this morning even are, are wearing things that Geneva made for you. She's left a beautiful 
three-year-old girl, a newborn, and now a husband to care for them. I would be lying if I said the future wasn't of concern for us. We don't know the answers yet, and I will tell you, the storm is strong and threatens to swamp the boat. What are you going to do? Who are you going to lean on? Where are you going to get your footing? In the middle of that, let me encourage you with words from Geneva. They're not her words, but they're words that she has underlined in her life. Words that were important to her. Mervyn spent some time looking through her Bible. And there are a couple of verses that Geneva drew close to her heart. And if you will, this is Geneva speaking to us that which was most important to her. These verses are even listed in your program, and the first is Proverbs 3, verse 5. And here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. For those who have grown up in the church or familiar with that verse, let me encourage you to pause and rethink it. Trust. in the Lord. Do you hear the message? you see the waves? Do you feel the current? Do you feel the storm? Do you feel the wind? Do you feel the water about to overtake the boat? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. God is in the boat with you. Just because the storm is strong doesn't mean he is absent. Trust in the Lord, Geneva underlined. She also underlined Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. This one is harder, especially in light of where we find us today. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Not one of us planned to be here last week. Not a one of us. Our plans did not include anything like this. No question about it. Mervyn had other plans. Geneva had other plans. Their family had plans for a future very different than what now we believe the plans will be. But Geneva's Bible reminds us that while our plans always include a safe, calm travel across the sea, that's not always what God allows. This is hard teaching. But I've already told you this is what Mervyn is holding to. He's held on to the sovereignty of God in the middle of what are the most disorienting of life circumstances. His faith is strong and is gone. And let me encourage you in the right way in the right time. Ask him why he believes what he believes. Ask him. Mervyn, how can you hold on to faith at a time like this? In the right way, in the right time. Let him tell you 
of the Jesus that he believes in. Let him tell you of the Jesus that Jesus that Geneva believed in. And let him tell you of the hope in the midst of grief that comes only because of him. It was C.S. Lewis, the great British theologian and author, who was discussing what it was going to be like to enter heaven. And he said, upon entrance to heaven, we'll nod our heads and say, of course, of course. His point was only then will we understand what we do not understand now. Only with an eternal perspective can we put in perspective that which we deal with now. The storms of life that are so difficult to understand we put in perspective. The Son of God is in the boat. The storm came, and in the middle of the storm, the question comes, are you afraid? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm afraid of the future. I'm afraid of what will be. I don't know what the future will hold. I don't know how this is going to work. Yes, I'm afraid. And Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate in the middle of the storm, says, you're afraid? Trust in me. Trust me. Geneva did. She placed her faith in Jesus Christ as her Savior. And don't believe for a minute that if you do that, that storms won't come. Just because God is in your boat doesn't mean you're exempt from sudden storms. But know this. When faith replaces fear, you have found life. When faith replaces all that you're afraid of, you have found the real life giver. If you're here this morning and don't know what I'm talking about, don't know that kind of faith that can conquer fear or that kind of faith that can hold on to a God who is present in the middle of a storm, let me, let me ask you in the most respectful of way, what are you waiting for? What will need to happen before you step forward to trust in the God that Geneva trusted in? What will need to happen for you? You afraid? Welcome to the boat with the rest of us. Yeah, we're afraid. But when faith replaces fear, you have found a source of life. That Jesus Christ came that we may have life and have it to the abundant. And he is with us even in the middle of the storm. Growing up, Mervyn sang a song, evidently a lot. For one reason or another, he didn't want to come up and sing it here this morning. 
We've talked about this a few times, and here's a song that we're going to sing in a moment. It's called My Ways Are Not Your Ways. And I want to read to you the last verse that we will sing in just a moment. I think it's this way. So I'll leave all to him. He has promised to share all my load and every care to bear. There is joy in my heart and on my lips a song. Even though, Lord, I don't understand. Even though I don't understand. You don't understand? Welcome. We don't understand either. We don't have the eternal perspective. But we know that God hasn't left in the middle even of the deepest storms. This morning, what greater gift in a way to give to Mervyn and his family than for you to think again of your own standing before God. What do you believe? Where's your faith? We'd love to talk about that with you in the right way in the right time. This is the faith of Geneva Byler, whom we love. Will you pray with me? Our good God and Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Recognizing that we cannot see what you see. We do not understand your ways. And if we were in charge, we would want to do things differently. We recognize our fears this morning, Lord. Fears for the future, uncertainties, anger, injustice, numbness, great anxiety. With a shadow and a tint of great love and affection for Geneva, a reminder of the beauty that she brought to this world. So, Father, as we grieve, as Mervyn and family grieve the loss of Geneva, may your spirit comfort and encourage that even in the middle of the storm, the God of the universe is not absent. Encourage us and give us strength, we pray. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you sing with me?
It is my heart's desire to do his blessed work and to serve my master every day. But when things all go wrong and the world doubts me still, then, oh Lord, I cannot understand. My ways, my child, are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than thine. Let me lead you each step of this long, weary day. Let me clasp thy trembling hand in mine. So I'll leave all to him. He has promised to share all my load and every care to bear. There is joy in my heart and on my lips a song even though Lord, I don't understand. My ways, my child, are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than mine. Let me lead you each step of this long, weary day. Even clasp thy trembling hand in mine. My my child are not your ways, my thoughts are higher than mine. Let me lead you each step of this long, weary day. Let me clasp thy trembling hand in mine. Let me clasp thy trembling hand in mine. Uh, just have a few instructions for after the service. Uh, following the service, there will be a light meal in the fellowship hall. There'll be three lines. There'll be someone down there to direct you through that. Um, also, I've been asked to mention that there's uh, water and coffee stations, so you can help yourself to that. After uh, the closing prayer, I'm going to... Um, uh, after the closing prayer, Steve... Shivery is going to come up and um, make a fi some final remarks. Would you pr pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you that we can be together today. We thank you that we don't have to do this on our own. We thank you that we go forward from this moment together. We need you, God, and we need each other. Help us to be a strength and encouragement to each other as we rely on you to carry us through this time. Thank you for the opportunity to share a meal together and remember and celebrate Geneva's life. Thank you for your grace upon grace. Help our hearts to sing, it is well with my soul, even when we don't have the ability to speak. We love you and thank you. In Jesus, amen.